This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. I have the honor as my guest today, Christy Romano. Christy is a certified health coach, and she's on a mission to help women tap into the power of nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle changes to beat anxiety and to feel good in their own skin again. It's Christy's own struggles with food and her body that sparked a passion for helping other women find this true health. Through her own healing journey, she learned effective strategies to rewire her anxious mind, overcome perfectionism, and take care of her body through a holistic approach. She's honored now to be able to guide, encourage, and motivate her clients as they embark on change and build a healthy, balanced lifestyle that they love. And I want to make a personal note that Christy is my health coach, and I asked her to join me on my podcast because I just feel that you have so much information, and we certainly could talk all day, but I'm honored that you're going to give us a little bit of your time, and hopefully you'll come back. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. So tell us, I mean, your bio is amazing, but tell us a little bit more about yourself, if you don't mind, and your journey, and then how what you do for clients. Yeah, sure. So like you said, I am an online health coach, and I really help women just decrease anxiety and improve their overall health through a holistic approach. So in my coaching, I heavily focus on both nutrition as well as mindset work because our thoughts are really what are driving our actions on our health journey. So I believe we have to start there. Um, But one of the big core aspects to my coaching is really just helping women rewire just those anxious thoughts and beliefs that are not only keeping them stuck on their journey, but keeping them from really feeling just calm and confident in their skin. And we know that being stressed, being anxious for whatever your goal is in life, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, but certainly when it does come to health, I mean, we know mentally that this affects us, but it it has a profound effect on us physically, too. I always say there's that mind-body connection, and it's so true. And so this is a really important subject. Yeah, they say stress is the silent killer. It's one of those things where you can eat all the kale in the world and work out five times a week. But if your mental health is not in a good place, it's kind of going to cancel out all of those habits. So what are um, some things that you have learned along the way? I know one thing I'm interested in hearing about, because I also follow you on Instagram, which on my show notes, if you would like to contact Christy and learn more about what she does for her clients and and follow her, because she's got some wonderful tips, I... 
I was really fascinated by your work that you've been doing for yourself and for clients around hormones. And, you know, everybody's like hormones, like with kids, it's so hard. It's like when I start talking about, well, it's your hormones. It, it basically, you know, I kind of looked it up. It's like, what what is that? And basically, they're chemical messengers and they affect our mental, physical and emotional health. And so in light of, you know, we're talking about anxiety, but also how the mind body works. You became very interested in this because of your own personal journey. Right. Yeah. Hormones affect everything. And it is like a hot topic right now. And I don't think a lot of people understand how important it is to have balanced hormones because they affect our digestion. It affects the ability to lose weight. It affects our mood. Uh, So I always like to say like the body is a system of systems is one thing is off. It's going to affect the other things, but yeah, recently I've gotten very, um, passionate about hormonal health just because I experienced experienced my own hormonal imbalances last year. Uh, I lost my period for over nine months, um, which is a condition called hypothalamic amenorrhea. Uh, and it's kind of a tricky word to say, so I'll call it HA, okay. but basically that's when you lose your cycle for at least three months. And it's usually due to either over exercising, under eating, or having too much stress on your plate. So going into this year, my whole goal was to one, get my period back, then then two, regulate it and make sure it's optimized and healthy. Because hormones work on what I call a feedback mechanism. So when you talk about hypothalamic, just for those out there, we all have something called the hypothalamus. And we have all kinds of what endocrine glands, you know, and that's one of them. And there's, there's several others, you know, people talk about thyroid, of course, we've got our ovaries, ladies, you know, etc. And it's all based on a feedback mechanism. But I think what people do not realize is that these hormones are also include things like growth hormone, um, hormones that affect our hunger, our, our, our fullness. And when, and even hormones affect, you know, when, when our health is off balance, it affects our insulin. And so balancing these, you know, we always think a lot of times we think about, oh, it's emotional or, oh, it's just my period. But there's so much more to it that we kind of take it for granted. But that doesn't necessarily mean you always need. I mean, I, of course, I'm going to encourage you to talk to your doctor, but it doesn't always mean like, oh, more pills, more medicine. There's, as you mentioned, there's a holistic way to to do this. So. Tell us about what you usually recommend. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about like hormonal imbalances, my mind always goes to mindset and nutrition because stress plays a huge role and impacts our hormones more than we even know. When we have cortisol super high, it's going to affect all of the other hormones. So I think a lot of it is that stress piece, but also nutrition because hormones need nutrients to be built. So what we're eating is either feeding them or not. So we really need to make sure we're giving our body all of the building blocks to actually produce these hormones in balanced amounts. So I would say I'm really focusing on both nutrition and then the stress aspect is where I'd start. 
Yeah, and I'd mentioned that feedback mechanism and what happens when your hormones, I mean, our body in a, in a normal situation will regulate these hormones, right? But whether it is due to our stress and definitely both our stress and our nutrition, absolutely. What ends up happening is that feedback mechanism where you produce a hormone, if it's enough, your body's like happy with that. It balances it. So whenever we say the word balancing hormones, that's basically what we're doing. What happens when it becomes a problem is either that feedback mechanism is not working anymore. And so you either have too much or not enough and your body's not compensating to that. So what do you think is the first step? So I would examine those two areas. First, I think it, it always depends on the person, um, just because sometimes when you are dealing with hormonal imbalances, it might be a really good idea if it's severe to get tested. So you know what you're looking at, you know, is something, is your estrogen too high or are you not producing enough progesterone? Um, but as a blanket um, for just the practical, tangible things someone could do is really taking a inventory of what they're actually consuming on a daily basis. So is your diet full of whole foods, anti-inflammatory foods, or are you eating a ton of sugar, processed foods? Um, are you having a lot of caffeine? Those kind of general rules of thumb when it comes to healthy eating, make sure you have that basis covered. Yes, because all of those things, like so you mentioned Decreasing sugar, which is very important because we know, I mentioned insulin. So it's almost like the culprits here are very often the cortisol and the insulin, you know, that really makes it difficult and among other hormones too. But decreasing sugar, caffeine, and then eating like a whole, whole foods, which would include protein, healthy fats, those kinds of things, because gut, our gut, what's in our gut and all the little microorganisms that are in there are affected, number one, by our nutrition, but also by our mental health as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the gut reaction. Yes. And we don't realize that all those organisms can be a little bit off balance and that could also affect our hormones. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. So what, um, and you know, I've heard like different things, you know, you always hear about the Western, like the Mediterranean diet and all these different things, but it's not really, it's really about when you say whole foods, will you explain to everybody what that actually means? Yeah, sure. So when I think of whole foods, I'm referring to foods in their most natural form. So anything that grows from the ground, uh, animals, things that are just natural in nature. So when you talk about moving, like it's a spectrum from like a whole food to a processed food, processed foods start with whole foods, but they are, um, they're processed in different ways to get to that end finished product. Different chemicals are added, different preservatives, additives, flavorings, artificial ingredients, things that our body doesn't really recognize and things that our body can't necessarily use. They could actually be disrupting our hormones. So really getting back to real single ingredient foods. So the foods around the perimeter of the grocery store, like fresh fruits, vegetables, um, healthy animal proteins that aren't pumped with organic or sorry, aren't pumped with uh, antibiotics, um, things of that nature. 
And I know too, you know, one thing that you and I are working on is kind of getting away from that mindset, good food, bad food, you know, new and, and thinking of it in more terms of this is nutritious, this is less nutritious. And, and that can be stressful too, when you think about it, because now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm stressed out. I'm, I don't, I haven't had a period, you know, I, I'm amenorrheic and I really, this is very important to me. And yet now it's just another thing to be thinking about. So how do you help clients kind of wrap their head around what's going on with their bodies and what the best approach is to take next? That's a great question because you definitely don't want getting healthier to be stressful because again, that contradicts the whole goal of wellness, um, feeling good in your skin. But when it comes to hormones, I feel like there's not a blanket solution. So actually people who are suffering from something called HA, hypothalamic amenorrhea, uh, the advice is to eat more. So eat at least 2,500 calories a day. And usually these individuals were doing some type of strict diet. Like for example, when I lost my period, I was working with a trainer who was assigning me macros. And, you know, I didn't really think what I was doing at the time was restrictive, but it was a little bit too much for my body to just feel safe with all the other things going on in my life, planning a wedding, um, work, the just the stress of life at that time. Um, but so for somebody with HA, it's interesting because they might need to reach that place of balance where they're actually allowing more foods, more food groups in their diet. So maybe they were restricting carbohydrates and they would never eat ice cream or never eat cake. And they had all of that stress about, you know, this is, this is the good food I can eat and I can't do this. I can't do that for them. It might actually be opening up the window and allowing more flexibility into their diet and having some of those not as nutritious foods and just overall increasing their calorie intake. But for somebody maybe who's struggling with PCOS, who has insulin resistance, who is used to eating a whole bunch of cake and cookie, and that's their prime diet, they might need to do the opposite and kind of meet in that middle where they're then adding in more nutritious food. So it's kind of hard to say it's depending on where you're at on that spectrum. So some people really benefit from slowly adding in more whole foods. Other people might benefit from just kind of relaxing a little bit. Yeah, because it could be coming from really either end. And but the message in between is very much the same. And that is to help balance these hormones. It, it does require nutrition. And these are those holistic things. You know, I get all the time parents ask me, well, what can I do for their ADHD without using medication? And this is very similar to that. And that is, you know, sleep. I mean, just sleep. It's amazing how that affects your cortisol, which then ultimately affects, you know, other areas of, of your life and um, and what you're trying to do. Like, let's say you're trying to lose weight. It's very difficult to to manage your weight if you've got that chronic cortisol because you chronically aren't sleeping good. So it's it sounds so simple, right? You know, let's eat right. Let's exercise. Let's, you know, sleep 
you know, seven to eight hours a day and get good sleep. So you go through all those different stages, but we know that it's, it's not that easy, you know, whether you're planning a wedding or chasing a toddler or nursing a baby, it's like, you know, or trying to get to your son's baseball game. Like we're, as women, we're just always pulled in so many directions. So that's why I was saying like, we don't want this be- to become something stressful. And um, when really, again, whichever spectrum or whichever side of um, that you're coming from in the middle is, is the same message. Yeah. It's like that happy sweet spot where you don't, when we talk about like the all or nothing mentality, you don't want to be doing everything um, heavy to the metal, like obsessive about health, but you also don't want to be neglecting your health. So how do you inch closer to that middle ground where it's balanced and it's, you know, not that it's not effort because it does take effort to prioritize our health, but it's not causing any anxiety or fear or guilt. You're just, you're doing the best you can with the resources you have and just constantly trying to, to get better as you can. So if, if you were talking to a woman and she's just like, I just can't do that right now. I, I mean, we're, what's the first thing you try to really hone in on? And I think we we touched on this. I mean, you said nutrition and mentality, but let's break it down even a little bit more. Like if you were trying to encourage them with one change, one small change, what do you what do you think is the most effective? And I know it depends on the person, you know, because you were saying, but in general. No, I like this question because I think this is where. For me, when I'm coaching clients, the mindset piece really comes in, even the question or even the statement, I can't kind of even learning how to reframe that and say, how can I? So maybe I can't completely make over my diet. That's not realistic. But how can I do one little thing? Maybe it's drinking a glass of water before waking up and before having my glass of coffee. Um, Maybe it's going for a five minute walk. I think focusing on those little baby steps. And it's going to be specific to what that person feels they can manage. Cause if you try to force somebody to do something that they're not necessarily ready for, or if they don't actually want to do deep down in their heart, there's going to be that resistance. So it's kind of finding that just one inch forward. I know that kind of doesn't answer your question about like the one thing, but that's where I would start. No, I think, I think that's good. I think, I mean, really, if we, what I hear, I'm hearing you say is that that one thing can start with the mindset and then you go with maybe one small change so that they realize that even doing that, they are doing something and they are making a difference. And, and then that, you know, it, it does tend to build. Would you be willing to either share the rest of your story and how you did it, or maybe even a client's uh, success story? Yeah, for sure. So I guess I can kind of do a little bit of both. Um, But for mine, so when I had lost my period, I knew that was, I knew it was a red flag, but at the time with everything going on, I was kind of like, I'm just going to worry about this after the wedding. Um, And weirdly enough, right after our honeymoon, it actually came back. So I was so relieved, but looking back, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I had no stress because I was on my honeymoon. We were eating so much food. I wasn't working out. I was letting my body relax again. So it felt safe to actually have a period. Um, So I thought my work was done after that, but then 
going forward. Um, I got it a couple more times, but it was really irregular. It was 60 days or back to back and I wasn't ovulating. So I started to get just really curious about, okay, so I'm cycling again, but it's not regular. It's not healthy. It's not 28 to 35 days. And that's when I started educate or learning and educating myself about what a healthy period actually looks like. Um, and I, found the condition of hypothalamic amenorrhea, saw the advice about, you know, eat this much, stop exercising and really reduce stress. Uh, so that's what I did. I kind of just went all in. I was like, all right, I'm just going to try it. And whatever happens, however my body changes, it's going to get me to a healthier place. Um, and the first month I actually did that, I got a normal 28 day cycle. I ovulated for the first time. So that was my solution was really just kind of moving to that balanced area. And now that I have it back and it's regular every month, it's learning about, oh, you know, what foods um, benefit my cycle at different stages, you know, making sure I prioritize iron during my period or during my period, um, thinking about different foods for the luteal phase and the follicular phase and ovulation and just kind of understanding um, how my nutrition will actually impact the quality of my cycles and reduce the symptoms. So mine was kind of those three things, the nutrition, exercise, and mindset. Um, but with clients, like I had a client, she had PCOS and she wanted to start having children in a couple months after her wedding. And her um, gyno had recommended just going on the IUD to just, you know, get things moving again. Um, but we talked and since she was going to have, try to have a baby, we were like, that's kind of counterproductive. counterproductive yeah. <laughs> so, you know, let's, how would you feel about maybe just giving it a couple months together, seeing if any of these lifestyle shifts uh, improve your hormonal health? Um, and within the, it was so crazy. Within the first month, she got her period back after not wow. having it. But she, I mean, hers was different. She had PCOS where it was very different than mine, but for her, it was just decreasing stress. And then also just adding in more whole foods really helped her body. Yeah. Um, be, adjusting the diet so that she had more of a variety of, of mm -hmm. the different things that our body needs, because so much now everybody is, is so well, not, I mean, I think we're, I'm hoping we're getting away from that when we think about diet in general, you know, and diet, you know, it's kind of like mental health. Everyone has mental health. Mm -hmm. Everyone eats a diet, but it's not a diet. And I'm doing quotations right now, even though no one can see me. But <laughs> the point is, you don't need to be restrictive. You just need, it's, it's just important to have a variety. And it's important to watch the things that we know may be causing your hormones to be unbalanced. You you had to eat more and then not exercise as much because even you and I have talked about my own story where I couldn't exercise because of some health reasons, and then all of a sudden I was I, I got very depressed about that. So how did you overcome that and? so that we can help other people realize if they say, I'm not doing that because there's no way I'm not going to, you know, do A, B and C, or I don't want to gain a little bit of weight or, you know, all those things, but it really is important. Our body does need that balance and 
whether you're planning to have a baby or not, our reproductive health affects just like our gut health, just like our mental health. It, it all, it's all a balance. It's a, it's a woman's juggle every day. Yeah, that's a good question. And it definitely was more of a mental struggle than a physical struggle. Cause I mean, you know, eating more, stopping exercise, relaxing, that, that, those are easy things to do. It was more for me overcoming the mental hurdles of, wow, I just spent a year, you know, building this really active athletic lifestyle. I got the fittest I'd ever been. You know, I bought all these cute clothes and realizing that, okay, I'm going to have to reel it back and readjust to get back to where my body just feels more comfortable and safe. So for me, what really helped was detaching again, having to kind of go back through that body image process, attaching, you know, my happiness and worth and realizing that, you know, if my body changes, that's okay. Uh, and then with the healthy habits, because I mean, exercise is fun. It, it, it makes us feel good. I, I like exercising. So it was hard to stop, but I had to tell myself that it's temporary. Mm-hmm. It's not like with HA, you can never exercise again. You just need to give your body time to balance out and then you can slowly reintroduce it once your body is less sensitive. So I think really working on just how I view myself and my body image, as well as knowing that, okay, this is temporary and I'm doing this for the right reasons. I, I love that. It's temporary and I'm doing it for the right reasons, which is what, what we need to tell ourselves because what we, we, you know, you got into a little bit of body image thought process and everybody has this image, whether it's an image of what they want to look like or a, a image of of how they look like and how they feel about that. And so overcoming that is, is very difficult for most people. But what I loved about what you said too, is the temporary part. And that is that, you know, thinking about that zero to a hundred mentality, you still have to, when you start to add things back in, it's still going to be a balance. You're not going all the way back to where you were before. Is that right? Right. Well, because if if you go all the way back to where you were before, chances are you're going to get the same results. You know, my period would probably disappear. It kind of is like that threshold where I don't even know with my journey um, if it was specifically the exercise or specifically the nutrition or the stress. Um, but I know that I have to be super mindful of all three of those things. And now I have the metric of my cycle to give me feedback. You know, as long as I'm still having a normal, healthy cycle, I know that, you know, I'm good. As long as I'm still feeling good, energized, um, those are kind of my metrics I'll look for. And and that's a great way to say it. Like everybody needs to find that that middle ground. And then when you know, okay, this is just temporary and we're going to rebuild it back in it. Like, what I'm hearing you saying is you don't just go back to the old way. You just modify it or you add things back in and you find out where, where that healthy balance is to, to balance your hormones. I, I, it's, I love the success story and I love the success story of even your uh, client there too, because everybody is a little, you know, even though I'm a medical doctor, if we can do things without medication, 
that's that's always the best option because that's what you're going to live with versus like a Band-Aid. You brought that up today to when you and I were talking about it. I use that all the time. You know, this pill is just a Band-Aid. We need to work on how, you know, what's going to be a lifelong opportunity for you to, yeah. to, to feel healthy and to have energy. Is there anything else you want to add before we close and um, say goodbye, even though I could absolutely talk to you, like I said, all day? Um, I guess it's just whenever you are dealing with any type of issue, especially any type of health issue, just know that there's always a root cause. So whether it is your hormones being imbalanced, whether it is difficulty losing weight, whether it is anxiety, there is something that is beneath it all. And, you know, do the research or work with somebody who's educated on that area to really pull back all of the layers of the onion until you actually find it. Because once you find it, then you can overcome it. And that is like you were talking about. That's that's when true health begins. Yeah, that's that sweet spot that you mentioned, right? Well, thank you so much for joining me, for being a part of my life. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Remember to follow me wherever you like to listen to your shows, like Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let's grow up together. <laughs>